It's time for Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group with financial advisors Kevin Corhorn, Mike Bernard, and Josh Gregory. Wise Money is brought to you by the attorneys at Ledoux, Curran, and Keene, First State Bank, Diane Bennett, and the Inspired Team at REMAX 100, and Bethel College's Adult and Graduate Studies Program. Welcome to another episode of Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group, where every week we're helping you take your next wise step in your financial life. My name's Mike Bernard. I am your host. Thanks for being with us. I'm also one of the certified financial planners on the show. Next to certified financial planners, Kevin Corhorn and Josh Gregory. Hey, the end of the year is rapidly approaching, and Ah. with everything you need to get done around the holidays, we don't want you to forget about your financial checklist. Uh We'll give you our year-end financial planning priorities on this hour of financial, of, what's the show called? (laughs) The Wise Money Show? That's right. (laughs) Is anyone else completely surprised that the end of 2017, I almost wrote 2016 on a form the other day. So listen, folks. You wrote 2018 on that check you gave me. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's a reason for that. Uh, if you have a question for us, reach out to us. You can do so in a few different ways. Call or text 574-222-2000. You can also reach us online, wisemoneyradio.com. You can catch up on previous episodes, but leave a question right there on the right as well. Lastly, YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter at Wise Money Radio. Connect with the show. Watch the show. Stay connected. Start the conversation. Thanks for joining us. Okay, so the end of the year is almost here. Christmas is almost here. You guys done shopping? Christmas? I don't start until Christmas <laughs> Eve, man. So <laughs> work better under pressure. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I've delegated that to mother. So here's the thing, but you still have to buy for her. So I have this little I have this little Good point. Yes. Oh. <laughs> Who would have thought? <laughs> you know exactly which stores are open the morning and Christmas Eve. So is this uh Cindy? Luhu. So, uh-huh. so I have this challenge every year. You guys know we do uh, budgeting and cash and all that for Christmas. So the day after Halloween, we've got the budget built. We've got the cash in hand, and we're going shopping. And my goal, my goal every year is to get everything done. I don't have to shop for one person. She has to shop for everyone else. But my goal is to get mine done by Thanksgiving. So I'm hoping that you're there as well. Seriously. Wow. Yes, get Did it all done. Did you succeed? Of course. I always do. So that means you're eligible to be my secret shopper. No, no, no. But here's the deal, folks. <laughs> Talk about succeeding. In that list, as well as how busy this time of year is between your work Christmas party and this side of the family's Christmas party and all the other stuff that you need to do, is your is your is are your finances not getting the right level of attention? Just like you have deadlines for presents you need to buy, things you need, you know, Christmas parties you need to go to, all of that sort of stuff. You've got deadlines in your financial life. Most people don't even know them. They don't have that list. They don't know what they get need to get done. And therefore, these important things don't get done. Folks, we're going to walk all the way around the circle today, hit all six areas of your financial life, and give you our year-end checklist that you need to tune into before the end of the year. You guys know that there are six areas to your financial life, to everyone's financial life, we're going to start with the most sensitive area, and that is tax planning. What specific items do you need to get done in the area of tax planning before the end of the year? Well, if you're looking at 12-31-17, you say, what has to be done by then that can't be done 1-1 of 18? Yeah. 
because some of these things that need to be done for tax planning can actually be pushed into next year as far as some of the funding of these things. One of the funding things that cannot be done next year is funding your 529 plan. So you've heard us mention many, 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 many times, if you live in the state of Indiana, you get a 20% credit on your contributions up to $1,000. So to keep it real simple, if I put $5,000 into the plan, I get a $1,000 credit on my state taxes if I owed $1,000 in state taxes. It's not a refundable credit. Mm -hmm. So this is an important deal. I met with some folks yesterday and they said, oh, I didn't think we could contribute to a 529 plan while our kids were in college. And so Hmm. we get up every day and hit the ground running, knowing that there are people out there that need to know, hey, there's a thousand bucks on the table. You're spending the money this year on your kid's education. The first stop for that money should be your 529 plan. Mm -hmm. You can turn around and pull it back out and use it for education in the same year, and you'll still get your credit. So if you said tax planning, I'd say A1 on that list of what is time sensitive, make sure if you're in the business of funding 529 plans, get that funded this year. It's got to be in the account by 1231, folks. It can't just be in the mail, you know, postmarked by that date. It's got to be in the account. So. I, we like to tell folks if if you're if you're into deadlines, sounds like Josh is with his Christmas shopping. <laughs> then go ahead and flirt with Christmas there and and get it sent in by Christmas. Don't flirt with the end of the year. You don't want to miss that thing by one day. A thousand dollars is at stake. You know what else I think about this time of year? Actually, Kevin, Josh, we're all involved in different nonprofits and so on. And nonprofits really really get a lot of their support right at the end of the year from giving and donations. That's another one. If you want to donate to a great cause, a nonprofit, it can help you on your taxes if you're itemizing your taxes and so on, but that donation needs to be made this calendar year by 1231. And so uh, if you know this is going to be a difficult tax year, you might want to double up your donation, okay, and say, well, maybe I'll give less next year because my income is not going to be so high. I'm going to give more this year. If you're tired of looking at those 14, all your skinny jeans in the closet, Give some of those things away, <laughs> right? And get that donation, get that get that receipt. Um, Mine people, weren't skinny <laughs> jeans when I bought them. That's, <laughs> that's the problem. And people aren't tired of looking at my skinny jeans in the closet. They're <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but, so, so make that donation before the end of the year. Okay, but you guys are hitting mostly uh, tax write-offs that need to get done, Well, right? we're talking about tax well, planning. And, and, I know. But, and, and before you go, I know you're heading somewhere, Josh, but before you go... Josh is one of the trustees at Bethel College. We love Bethel. So you need to make sure that every year, at a minimum, you're writing a check for $200 to Bethel College. Per spouse. Per spouse. So if you've got a spouse, that's 400 bucks to Bethel College because do you have it right offhand what the benefit is? Yeah. uh, You get a 50% credit on your state income tax. So essentially, the state of Indiana, if, if you're a Hoosier, uh, if you make a contribution to a college or university within this state, uh, they will give you money back on your tax return. Yep. So it doesn't cost you $400 in order to get 400 into the school of your choice. And a fun little tip, a slight correction to what Josh just said. He said, write the check for 400 if you're married and you're a Hoosier. Josh and I are both Michiganders yeah, or catch. Michiganians, if you will, and we pay Indiana taxes. Yep. Yep. So if you are if you don't live in Indiana but you pay Indiana taxes, 
Write that check. Good yep. point. That's right. Good point. Uh, tax harvesting is another one. Where, That's where my mind yeah. was going, right? Because uh, most people think I've got to hurry up and find all the tax write-offs that I possibly can before the end of the year, and that's true. But uh, just a couple days ago, I was meeting with a client. We were running a tax projection for them. This is kind of the proactive look at what their tax picture is going to look like while there's still time before the end of the year to do something about it. And I revealed to them, hey, you guys are actually going to be in a situation where you're in the 0% tax bracket. And they were all excited and you know wanting to give high fives and everything. But uh, because of the way their income structured, there's actually room for them to have even more income and pay no taxes. So I showed them where they could do a Roth conversion. That's a strategy that we talk about on this show a lot where you move money out of an IRA into a Roth IRA. And in their particular case, even though this is a taxable event, it adds income to their tax return, but it's going to result in no tax just because of the uniqueness of their situation. Yeah, that's one of our guiding principles. Pay as much tax as you can in the lowest possible tax bracket. If you do that, you're going to pay the least amount of tax over your lifetime. You know what I like about the Roth conversion idea? Most people don't know this. That that conversion needs to be done by 1231. That's right. Okay, just like you know these others that we've been talking about. You got to get that done in that calendar year. But if you did too much, you go to sit down to do your taxes and you say, "Oh, I forgot about that. I had all these gambling winnings, or who knows what else, <laughs> right?" And ooh, I, that has a uh, t- a worse impact than what I was planning on. I wish I hadn't done that. Guess what, folks? You've got your get-out-of-jail-free card from the IRS, not literally, but you're allowed to put back all or some of that Roth conversion back, even though you're now into 2018. You've got to do it before you file your taxes, but they call that a recharacterization. And I've known through all these years, if you even type that out in an email trying to explain it to someone... Word and Outlook says that's not a word. <laughs> that is not a word, but it truly is in the in the Internal Revenue Code, and uh, and so that's a little tidbit that you might want to take care of, guys. There's a few more things just in the area of tax planning. Oh, yes. that you've got to have on your year end financial checklist, and then we still have five other areas of your financial life where we're building your financial checklist that you need to get done before the end of the year. So so much still ahead here on Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. What things do you need to make sure you get done in your finances before the end of the year? Folks, you don't know this, but a lot of things have deadlines. A lot of very important financial matters have have deadlines. Just like that sale you don't want to miss, it's only good today and today only. You've got your financial checklist that also has an expiration date on it. We're building that checklist for you today, making sure you don't miss out on any of the important issues you need to address in your finances before the end of the year. My name is Mike Bernard here with Josh Gregory and Kevin Corhorn in the KFG studios. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. Special thanks to the attorneys at Ledoux, Kern and Keene, as well as First State Bank for making the Wise Money Show possible. Once again, you want to connect with us, reach out in a few different ways. Call, text 574-222-2000, wisemoneyradio.com, or at wisemoneyradio on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. So we're talking about in your tax plan, what do you need to make sure you get done before the end of the year? We talked about several things, but there's a few more we need to hit. Well, one that came to mind was if if you're over age 70 and a half 
or maybe you have a parent who is and you kind of help steer their finances for them, there is a rule called the required minimum distribution, which basically says every year from age 70 and a half on, the government requires that you pull money out of your IRAs or 401ks, any of those tax-sheltered... Pre-tax. Uh, yeah, pre-tax dollars. Uh, they, they mean business. You have to pull money out, and it's a minimum calculation that's done every single year. If you fail to get this done before December 31st, the penalty is 50%. Yeah. The largest penalty that I'm aware of in the entire revenue code. And one of my favorite rappers. So if you, <laughs> so you only have to do your required minimum distribution on your pre-tax retirement account. So Roth IRAs is one of the reasons why we love the Roth IRAs. You don't have, no, right. not yet, until Washington screws that up too. You don't have to take a required minimum distribution from that. So this is pre-tax money. You've got to do a calculation, take a certain amount out. And what Josh is talking about, when you take it out, it's taxable. You have to include it on your tax return. But if you don't do it by the deadline, you're going to add another 50%. It doesn't turn the tax into 15%. Nope, you're paying the tax and a penalty of 50%. Craziness. Yeah. So watch out. The opposite end of that, uh, the, the other deadlines you need to be aware of, you need to fund your HSAs, fund IRAs, and Roth IRAs. Now, this one's a little bit of a teaser that, yes, you need to get this done before the end of the year. Eh, technically, you have until you file your taxes. But a lot of people are getting year-end bonuses like Chevy Chase or whatever else. And right now, if you're allocating dollars, consider allocating some to those, even though you don't need to get it officially in until April 15. Consider doing that now, funding your HSA, Roth IRA, or IRA. Yeah, so Mike, you said 529 HSA, IRA, Roth IRA. The other thing, it may be possible, depending on the structure of your retirement plan through work, to put a little extra, goose up the 401k, uh, maybe put 100% of your last paycheck in, or there are certain ways yeah. to manipulate. If you ended up in a better position than you thought you were going to be, that's a that's a tougher one, and there, there's a lot of gymnastics involved in getting that done by the end of the year because then January 1st, you have to change it back. But I was just meeting with someone who did this, and they took 100% of their last paycheck, which was about three grand. It's going to save them almost $1,000 in taxes, folks. Come on. Because they got some commissions and so on. They were like, you know what? Yeah, it'd be tough to live without that check, but we can supplement it from other sources. So that's a great suggestion, Kevin. Good advice. And and we were talking about tax loss harvesting earlier. For sure, you want to look at your investments and say, where are their gains? Where mm-hmm. are their losses? If I'm in the 15% tax bracket, I pay 0% on my capital gains. Again, you want to be working with your tax planner, but you might want to, over time, be readjusting the basis in some of your non-retirement investments. Because if I can adjust the basis in my investments and it costs me nothing, I, I continue to put myself in a better and better position tax-wise. That is a perfect segue. So we're talking about what your financial checklist needs to be before the end of the year. And we just hit a several, several items about tax planning. Let's transition into investment planning. This list won't be as long, but what things do you need to make sure you get done in your investment plan before the end of the year? 
Yeah, I think this might be the time to uh, reassess the risk level and and maybe even rebalance your portfolio. Mm-hmm. Um, it, many of you have heard me say before that I give myself certain windows of time throughout the year to circle back to my portfolio, make adjustments, changes, that sort of thing. That way I'm not tempted to have knee-jerk reactions throughout the year when I hear a rumor or start seeing certain signs coming, that sort of thing. I want to make unemotional decisions with my with my finances. But here we are. We're coming to the end of a fantastic year in the stock market. Your investments should have grown significantly this year. Uh, at least the stock market-related investments. The mm-hmm. growth-oriented portion of your portfolio has gotten more beefy since uh, this time last year. The safer portion is looking skinnier compared to the whole. So that effectively means that your portfolio is bigger and riskier today than it was this time last year. And that just kind of naturally happens sometimes. Yep. Um, you, you now have a greater portion of your portfolio in the stock market just because that piece grew more. And so periodically it's important to circle back and say, uh, does it make sense to kind of take some of the gains off of those winners and buy into the stuff that hasn't grown as fast, that maybe represents a better bargain currently? The the oldest adage in investing is buy low, sell high, Mm. right? Well, this might be the time of year to sell some stuff high so that you can buy low. Yeah, it's tricky because it, certainly this year we've seen technology outpace everything else. And so what people are tempted to do is to say, well, let's sell the stuff that's not in technology and put it in technology because technology has done so well. Right? I feel like I've heard that before. Yeah. <laughs> Back in 2000, yeah. 99. Yeah, absolutely. My yeah. son Joshua was born in 2000 and I looked and I said, okay, Investo, Invesco Technology did 145% in 1999. That's a mutual fund, by the way, folks. And if all, if it only does half of that yeah. in 2000, <laughs> right. I'll be just fine. Right. So so this points back to the most dangerous investment strategy out there, and unfortunately, it's the one most widely used, and that is following the crowd. I love Josh's advice here that, listen, give yourself a window each year. These are the times where I'm going to look at my portfolio and try to steer clear of that, uh, of looking at your portfolio outside of that. And at this time of year, it's very important to rebalance selling what's maybe overgrown, trimming what's overgrown and buying into some areas that haven't performed as well. We are all tempted to do the opposite. You look at your portfolio and say, just what Kevin said, this investment, this fund has done really well, therefore it must be good. And these others haven't done well, therefore they must be bad. Let me sell my losers. Of course, that's a great strategy, right? Well, if you do have to assess, do you have good funds? But if they represent different categories, those categories are cyclical, folks. So you do want to sell what has been appreciating. It's good stuff, but you want to trim off the fat and you want to buy into a different category that maybe has just been a little out of favor. Therefore, you can buy low and sell high by the simple rule of rebalancing. Yeah, and hopefully if you are meeting with your certified financial planner and you've brought your credentials to the meeting to be able to get into your 401k, I would look, if you're looking at rebalancing, see if there's an auto rebalance feature on there Mm. so that it can just happen on autopilot. And as long as you're in there, one thing that I want to encourage you to do is confirm that the 
the beneficiaries are correct. I know we're going to get into estate planning later, but I, I, I'm on that right now thinking about that because I just had a client come in. She started working with us because uh, both of her parents passed away this year. And mm-hmm. so she said, hey, our family needs some help now. So I'm coming in to get some help in looking at her life insurance policy that she's had for a long time. And she's been married going on 30 years. Her dad, who mm. passed away earlier this year, was the primary beneficiary of that. Wow. wow. Yeah. Wow. So you've got to look at these things. We are going to hit estate planning here coming up. There's a few other issues that you need to be aware of. The reason why the investment piece, looking at the investment plan, you'd want to get that done before the end of the year, is this is just a natural time where people reset, where you reset, and you'll reflect on this past year and you'll look forward to the upcoming. So does it have an exact deadline? No, but now, folks, is the time of year to do it. What about in your present financial position, with your cash flow, with your bank accounts? What things do you need to get done before the end of the year in those areas? That and more coming up here on Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. Mike Bernard, Kevin Corhorn, Josh Gregory coming to you laughing from the KFG studios right here. Thanks for being with us. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. And special thanks to Bethel College of Dalton Graduate Studies, as well as Diane Bennett with Remax 100 for partnering with us on the Wise Money Show. Folks, what are... what? What in your financial life needs to get done before the end of the year? Yes, you've got a Christmas list. You've got all the stuff you need to buy for the Christmas parties and all that sort of stuff. That list can crowd out some of the most important things in your finances. We're making a list for you today of what you need to attend to. If you have any questions, you can reach out to us in a few different ways. 574-222-2000, wisemoneyradio.com, or Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube at Wise Money Radio. We talked about, we made the list for you in the area of tax planning. That's the most time sensitive, but there are items in your investment plan that you need to attend to this time of year as well. What about in your present financial position? You know, um, this time of year here in uh, at Corhorn Financial Group, December is when we set goals for the coming year, yeah. right? And... Um, Often, I don't don't know why I always think of January as the time that you set new goals, but really, um, you know, you you need to start thinking about what you're going to accomplish next in your financial life. And if any of those are goals that will apply to 2018, you want to have those figured out before day one, in my opinion. So now's the time to maybe take some introspective time some time, you know, just quiet moments to think about life and what are the areas that you want to improve in. Many of the the goals that you have in life may have some sort of financial implications. Maybe you want to accomplish something and it's going to take some bucks to do it um, or it's going to take some time or, uh, or, or whatnot. So now's the time, in, in my opinion, in your present financial life, this is the this is the very first of the six areas of your financial life. And it's all about setting goals and tracking progress towards goals. So now's now's the time to think proactively on the direction 
that you're going in your finances. And so often we talk about goals in this area of present financial position because it requires cash flow and habits and your present financial position is where kind of those are laid out. So I'm gonna go one step further, at least in my household, and I'd encourage this habit for you as well, that I always set next year's budget around this time of year as well. Usually I take the week before, between Christmas and New Year's off, and Cindy and I, I usually will have a draft of next year's budget and she'll, we'll sit down and talk about it. But we talk about it because what goals do we wanna go after? How much is this stinking baby going to cost us? And what kind of adjustment will diapers and all that stuff uh, do to the budget? And so why do you do that now? Well, for many people, not everyone, for many people, there's some sort of pay change that happens uh, from one year to the next. That's kind of a natural occurrence. And so you want to update that. If you don't, folks, those dollars are going to unintentionally slip through your fingers. Second reason is some expenses will change each year. Health insurance, for example, homeowners insurance, auto insurance, and sometimes there's natural um adjustments to those this time of year. And then lastly, the point that Josh mentioned is you've set new goals. So are you going to Disney or not? Is this year you're doing the the house project? Have you been a little underfunding retirement and you've got to pick that back up? Do you have a child on the way so you need to figure out how to start saving into yet another 529 plan? And you've got to look at those goals and then build the budget around those rocks those goals. So that all needs to happen this time of year in your present financial position. And have it written. The, the, the studies out there are numerous. We've cited them many times, but having written financial goals, for that matter, any type of goal, if it's written, the likelihood of you achieving that goes up significantly. Just having a goal, the, um, the odds of achieving it are pretty amazing, but having it committed to paper. And then if you look at that and you say, well, if I haven't had written financial goals before, or if I haven't been really good at that, maybe one of your first goals is to hire some help. A lot of people think I should be able to do this. And I know if I don't do it, it's going to cost me money. So am I going backwards in my financial life? And you might need to take one step backwards to take a whole bunch of steps forward. That's right. This might be the, the year, folks, that that's needed. Um, Let's transition to the next area in your financial life. We've hit what your year-end checklist needs to be for tax planning, for investment planning, protection or present financial position. Let's now talk about protection planning. What specific items do you need to do this time of year in the area of protection planning? Yeah, you know, I, I would ask maybe a rhetorical question, but when was the last time that you sat down and re-evaluated your insurance package. Mm-hmm. You know, we the, the nice thing around the holidays, a lot of people have some time off of work and yeah, you're going to spend a lot of that with family and whatnot, but it may also be the most convenient time for you to sit down with some of the professionals in your life to just do a checkup. Oh, I thought right? you were going to say you're going to need an excuse to get away from the madness that is your family. Well, We've uh, all got the crazy... <laughs> I was thinking <laughs> it, but I didn't want to say it there. <laughs> but yeah, sit down with your professionals. In fact, I tell you, there is one that is time sensitive, and you've probably already passed this window, folks. Some of you maybe not. Now's the time of year where you've got to re-up your benefit package for next year from your employer your insurance package. So I hope, we did a lot, we did a whole show on on this uh, a few weeks ago, but hopefully you've taken an intelligent look to, all right, is it is it 
now that I get to change, that I should change my health insurance through work. I should switch from the comprehensive plan to the HSA plan. Is it now where I need to finally get that disability insurance or make changes to my life insurance through work? Now's that time you need to make that decision, folks. And if you just put it on autopilot and rubber stamp that piece that came from HR, Josh is exactly right then. You've already locked in then what your coverage is going to be for 2018. You need to sit down with a professional and say, all right, what's going to round this out? Yeah. So as Mike said, it's likely that it's too late to select your benefits for next year. Maybe not, th- but through work. Likely. May, may, maybe not. It's uh, it's too late. Open enrollment, the window on that has closed yeah. because that closes December 15th. So it's too late to do open enrollment if you're looking at getting involved with the Affordable Care Act type of a health insurance policy or something like that. But one thing that I would encourage you to do, and Joshua was saying reevaluate your uh, various protections, we found with some folks through work, what used to be really affordable term insurance through work has become fairly expensive as they've gotten older. And that's it's based, it's based on age bands where these folks are working. So they've gone into a new age band and it's actually fairly expensive. And so maybe one of your written financial goals would be to look at your uh, at the possibility of getting so just some term insurance. Mm-hmm. Look at the length of time that you need that coverage for and get some term insurance. Or if you have a term insurance policy, and we're working on, with some folks on this right now, they have a term insurance policy. One of them is terminal. Mm-hmm. And so, but the it's likely that they will outlive this the term that this policy lasts for. Yeah. So we're in the process of converting this this policy from a term policy to a permanent policy so that the coverage doesn't become either cost prohibitive or end uh, at the end of the term. What you're describing, though, is is treating these insurance decisions not as just a product decision, but a financial planning decision. Absolutely. And, you know, questions like how much life insurance do you need or how should you structure your home and automobile coverage? To me, you're going to find the best answers when you treat them as financial planning questions. I met with a client earlier this year. They had sold out of their business. They received $8 million for their share of this business, right? And as we were going through the financial planning process, I was asking them about their relationship with their insurance agent and how their the advice that they were getting from the agent had changed. And uh, it, it came out that actually they had the exact same home and auto insurance structure uh, that they did when they first got married 30 years ago. Wow. Right? So their financial life was... Uh, achieving all kinds of great success. It was changing dramatically. Their risk was going up, but the coverage didn't change because it was just a product that they put in place and left it on autopilot. Sadly, that is the case for many of you out there because the we're just kind of trained from commercials. We just want to pay the least amount on our insurance, and once I got it, it's done. Uh, no, folks, you've got to make sure that that home and auto insurance is consistent with your financial risk, your overall financial picture. So now's a great time of year to look at that. What about in the area of retirement planning? Are there deadlines? Is there something you need to do right now? Yes, there is, folks. We'll tell you that and more coming up here on Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group.
This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. Wise Money is brought to you by the attorneys at Ledoux, Curran, and Keene, First State Bank, Diane Bennett, and the Inspired Team at REMAX 100, and Bethel College's Adult and Graduate Studies Program. Mike Bernard, Kevin Corhorn, Josh Gregory coming to you from the KFG studios. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. Hope you're having a great weekend. If you've missed anything, this show is right now on YouTube. Check us out at Wise Money Radio. Uh, all the previous episodes, if you are if you can't get away and watch it online, it's all podcast as well. It usually comes out the Tuesday after the show airs on, on the Saturday. So just search in iTunes and Google Play, Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. It's also on the web, wisemoneyradio.com. You can leave a question that way or give us a call, send us a text, 574-222-2000. You're like me and rushing around trying to get all this stuff done for Christmas. Get your Christmas shopping done. Mine's done. Get everything purchased for the next holiday party, Christmas party, whatever you're, you're going to. What in your financial life needs to be taken care of right now, this time of year, before the clock strikes midnight on 1231? We've given you our list for tax planning, investment planning, per your present financial position, and protection planning. I've got one more I need to hit on protection planning, and then we're going to dive into the last two areas of your financial life. Each year, guess what, folks? You get a little bit older. And there are two very important and can sometimes be um, costly insurances that you might want to consider to protect your overall financial situation, and that's long-term care and life insurance. We've already talked about life insurance a bit. Well, each year you get older, those things get a little bit more expensive. And so does that change on the calendar? No, it changes on your birth date. But now might be a good time for you and your spouse to sit down and say, is this the year that we need to either get that coverage in place or talk to a professional about how to manage that risk? So just consider that, folks. Both of those, it's a process. It's a process to first figure out, do you need it? Second, what kind and what amount do you need? And then third, will the insurance company even accept you? That takes some time. So get that process started. Maybe this is the year you need to update that. All right, let's jump into the area of retirement planning. Is there anything in regards to your retirement plan that you need to address before the end of the year? I've got a couple. What do you guys got? Well, I I think uh, anytime you come to the end of a year, um, it's kind of sobering to me just how fast 2017 just blew by. Scary. Right? And, and that sometimes can serve as a wake-up call that, boy, you're one year closer to the end of your working career. And so the question I'd ask is, are you one year closer to that goal or did we just burn through another year's opportunity to get some preparation going? Mm -hmm. So if this is not a goal where you know with certainty, I have a game plan that is gonna march me towards a day when some, someday I'm going to collect my last paycheck and I need to have resources built up that will replace that paycheck. If you don't know that that game plan is in place, then now is the time before the end of the year, because you've got to give yourself some kind of deadline, mm -hmm. right, to figure it out, to sit down and in the context of a comprehensive financial plan, solve this problem, mm -hmm. this future need that is going to hit you. Um, do you have a solution for it? I've got something that's a little unique and actually hits a number of the areas of financial planning. And it came up yesterday in the context of a meeting where we were, they, they brought in the past couple of years of tax returns and a, a, a number of things that we asked folks to bring to a first meeting. And we looked and 
their adjusted gross income was well below $62,000. They're not retired, and they actually have a, a decent income, but because of some things, their adjusted gross income is lower than sixty-two. It was, and it was last year. And so they would have qualified for the retirement saving contribution credit, hmm. and they actually have money growing in a taxable account that they could have just done a simple shift. But because the only thing that they had going for them last year was tax preparation, not tax planning, they left that money on the table. Yeah. Hmm. And so as we pointed that out to them, they said, oh, well, this is good. This is why we came in. And But this is where when you talk about tax planning, I know that's not what we're talking about right now, but when you talk about tax planning and people say, well, are there really opportunities out there? Absolutely. There are absolutely opportunities out there, and if you don't know about them, it's if there aren't opportunities out there. Yeah. And if you Good don't point. know, you, then you don't know that you missed them, and right. you don't, you have no idea. And you don't feel missed. bad. Yeah. But sit down with a professional to make sure that you're capturing all those opportunities. So I had a couple in your retirement plan that you needed to address. The first one, Josh... Josh mentioned, and this is a natural time of year. You're setting goals and you're reflecting on last year, looking forward to this year, and you are likely going to look forward to, we're one year closer to retirement. But are you really? Do you have the clarity and confidence to know that you're right on track with retirement and you can do so? Maybe now's the time where you sit down with your spouse and as you're talking about goals, you declare, hey, you know what? I'm going to stick my neck out there. I want to retire by 66. Let's get a game plan to figure out how to make that happen. Here's my second one. It used to be a lot of 401ks and simple IRAs and those things. You could only change your contributions at certain points throughout the year. This doesn't apply to many plans. Now, some of them do, where you can only change your contributions at the beginning of the year and six, way, uh, six months in. If that applies, make sure you're contributing the right amount to everyone else where you can contribute how and change your contributions whenever you want. Folks, I'm going to challenge you right now. Increase whatever you're contributing right now. Increase it by 2%. Make that change. I love it. Do that right now. And then you can set your budget around that. It helps you on your taxes. And so, folks, just make, just make that change. There's a special group out there that is uh, maybe just turned 50 or you're going to turn 50 next year. That's a big birthday. <clears throat> That's also an Old opportunity. Old as the hills and twice as dusty. That's right, Kevin. Um, th that's an opportunity for you to actually do a catch-up contribution starting next year potentially. So maybe at the very beginning of the year, as as Mike was saying, you need to increase the contribution so that you max out that plan uh, just like maybe you've been in the habit of doing in the past. That's great. That's great. Now, the last area, the sixth area of your financial life and of my financial life, everyone's financial life has six areas. The last one is estate planning. What deadlines, what things do you need to get done in the area of estate planning this year? Kevin already brought up. I, I've, I've got two. And the first one is gifting. I don't know where you're at right now financially, but it's possible part of your estate plan is to begin gifting dollars for estate purposes, okay? You've got a coupon each year to gift money to anyone else and not even need to tell the IRS about it. This is a common question we get. Well, is that taxable to me? Is that taxable to them? How much can I give without it being taxed? Well, that's very complicated. We'll get into that, I'm assuming, in some future show that's just focused on that issue. But 
how much can you give someone without needing to even tell the IRS? It's $14,000 a year, okay? And if you're married, you can give $14,000 a year and so can your spouse. So that's $28,000 a year. And guess what? If you're married and the person you're trying to give money to is married, that's 14000 from each of you to each of them. That's 56000 There's some incredible estate planning work that you need to do before the end of the year because you've got to get that done this year. And a little bit of bonus. It goes from 14000 to 15000 in 2018. And I know they're tinkering with the tax code and all that right now. But that's a lot. Now, that doesn't apply to everyone, but that's a deadline. 1231. Yep. And just to... Just to get your attention out there, if you've got some highly appreciated stock and your kids are in the 15% tax bracket, gift them the stock. They will be gifted your basis as well. So if I have a very low basis and I sell that stock, if I'm in a higher tax bracket, I'm going to be paying capital gains taxes. If my children are in a lower tax bracket, I can gift them the stock, they sell it and pay no capital gains. So that could be uh, an idea. You know, it's it's holiday season. You're probably spending time with the family in, in these coming weeks. When you get the whole family together, this is an opportunity to maybe do some extra communicating around this area of estate planning. Just share what your wishes are with the family. Unfortunately, way too often, we run into clients who are carrying around hurts with them from when their mom and dad passed away and things just went differently than what they thought they would. Maybe someone else got selected mm. to be the executor or to play a special role or something and they just didn't know why. And I'm sure, and I, and I try to help uh, brainstorm reasons why that uh, mm-hmm. really had nothing to do with you, right? But the point is, is that they're left to wonder and they fill in the blanks in that story And it's just unnecessary grief if you just communicate with the family. Here's what what we set up and why. That's wise advice, Josh. That's great stuff. Folks, there is your financial checklist. You got to get that done before the end of the year. If you need help, reach out to your certified financial planner. That is all the time we have for today, folks. On behalf of Josh Gregory, Kevin Coro, and myself, and all of us at KFG, have a great weekend. We'll see you next Saturday for Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. Securities offered through Silver Oak Securities, member FINRA slash SIPC. Advisory services offered through KFG Wealth Management, LLC. Doing business as Corhorn Financial Group. KFG Wealth Management, LLC and Silver Oak Securities Incorporated companies are unaffiliated.